This is the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 297, Freedom and Running. Today we're talking about how running can bring more freedom into our lives. So if that sounds interesting, stay tuned. If you're looking for ways to bring more joy into your running and you want to be a physically and mentally stronger runner, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're continuing our series about how running is connected to our core values. And today we want to talk about how we like to connect freedom to running because we believe that running can bring so much freedom into our lives and help us live a life without limits. But unfortunately, we see so many runners actually losing that freedom because they're training without intention and direction. They get caught up in the grind, shackled to a training regimen that isn't right for them. I had to say it for you there. I know you did. It's a great line. (laughs) Tied to a goal that no longer matters, right? Like they're just tied to this goal and this training plan and it doesn't bring them joy. They're not into it anymore. And that can lead to feeling stuck or trapped, which is the opposite of that freedom that so many of us are looking for. Some people think that running with a plan restricts them. And today we want to talk about how being intentional and creating a plan that's right for you can actually bring so much freedom into your running and into the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, you got so many good points there. Just in the intro. Just in the intro. Like (laughs) Angie put the outline together for us this time. And and your line that that gets me is, is shackled to the running. Like I just, it makes me think of a Christmas carol with Uh Marley, like carrying around the chains behind him. Jacob Marley. Yes. Where it said, was it Scrooge McDuck? That was a really poor accent, whatever it was. was. I'm pretty sure that was Scrooge. I think it was. But that's what I picture is trying to run, which is, you know, physically taxing, but doing it well, feeling like you're literally dragging behind the, like the weight of, of the run itself. Not just like the physical Mm -hmm. challenge of going out and running at whatever, whatever the pace is, but just of like, you have to go out and do the thing. Yeah. And that's not a good feeling. And I know that some runners definitely get to that point if they're in a training cycle, whether that is a half marathon training cycle, a marathon training cycle, or maybe you're not exactly training for anything right now. And we're going to kind of get into all of those points within the episode today. So we want to start off by just making this point that running gives you wings. Like I know that's kind of the old Red Bull. Is it still their slogan? I think that's still their slogan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, slogan there. But like we. God, I hope they don't sue us. I didn't say Red Bull. I said running. Oh, okay. Running gives you wings. I hope they sue um, us and we get like super notoriety because of it actually. <laughs> because of one line from a random podcast. Yes. Yeah. I just don't think we're on their radar, but we believe that running can give you that freedom. We believe that running gives us freedom in so many different ways. And the thing that we see a lot of runners doing here, like we said before, is like feeling stuck. And what what makes you feel stuck? What makes you feel trapped? A lot of times I think it's that feeling comes from focusing on what you can't do versus what you can do, and also not realizing the progress that you've already made. Like I think that we get into our running journey and we start setting goals and we start following plans and we want to just keep getting faster or running longer. All of those things are fantastic. But if we're not making that progress that we want to see right away, or if we are just like looking at those goals and seeing how far away they are, like, so that, you know, I just, I can't do that yet, or I'm not able to run, you know, the pace that I want to run. If we're focusing on the stuff that we can't do versus on the things that we can do, that can definitely lead to that feeling of stuck and trapped. Yeah, because you feel like you're not actually making any progress. Yeah. If all you do is look forward to goals that you haven't made it to yet, mm-hmm. it feels like you're always missing. Yeah. If you periodically take time to look backwards and you're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, I've I've done all of this. Like, I mean, it, this this episode kind of made me pause for a second of like to think back of the years and years of running that I've got. Like, mm-hmm. I remember my first run. I was like mm-hmm. a mile into it, and I'm like 
oh, this is really, really hard. And at the time I was basically running as hard as I possibly could for yeah. as long as I could. Like that was, I was 14 and just going for it. Poor training philosophy. Poor training philosophy. <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. Like I had no coach. My dad got me shoes and said, all right, we're, we're going to go. So I just took off. Yeah. But to see like the progress from there to here is, is crazy how far mm-hmm. that is. So, well, there's goals that I'm like, man, I, I wish I was at that point to look backwards, it's, it's phenomenal how far I've actually progressed. Yeah. And so we think it's really important to what, you know, when you're looking at the freedom that running can give you to really just stop and acknowledge yourself for how far you've already come. If you're stuck in this cycle of not feeling like it's enough or not feeling that like you're where you want to be yet, just take a quick pause and look back on your running journey up to this point and think about where you used to be and think about how far forward you are now from that point, right? And acknowledge where you are and then kind of take stock and assess where you are right now. We've talked about the importance of this podcast about, the, you know, really understanding where you are in your running right now and getting clear on that before you try to set goals, before you try to make any plans to move ahead, you have to know where you are. And what I would love to encourage all of you to do, and I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram at Real Life Runners and let me know what you come up with here. But I would really like for all of you to just take time to list three wins on your running journey and or ways that you're running has improved your physical or mental health. Because if you really think about it, you have come far. I don't care if you started last week or 10 years ago, right? Like if you started last week, a win is I started, right? Like I got out the door. I bought my first pair of running shoes. Like there are so many different things, right? Like if you think about it, how many pairs of running shoes have you gone through if you've been Running oh for 10 years. Oh my word. Right? Well, I mean, that's always the fun thing of like <laughs> the the shoe that I'm in has a number on the back end. It says yeah. version. Mm-hmm. I've been in that shoe since before that shoe existed. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's on like the 18th version means I've been in that shoe for more than 18 years. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like take time to do that. You know, I, I said, come up with three, come up with as many as you want, you know, like 10, 20, 25, 30. I mean, you can probably come up with a lot, especially if you're looking at some of these little wins along the way, like we mentioned. I mean, you have a great one there. Like if you just started last week, getting out and running is a big thing. Going to like a specialty running shoe store Mm -hmm. and talking to the people there and buying running shoes, you've got to make this big acceptance thing of I'm going to financially invest in myself and put myself in a place where I might not feel super comfortable because I'm going into the store where there are quote unquote real runners. Mm -hmm. And what if they look down on the shoes that I walk in with? Like, do I have to have the right socks to even go into this store? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's going on. Like that could be a big hurdle for some people is even Mm -hmm. just trying to go through the process of buying appropriate running. Absolutely. And so if you have bought running shoes and have started out the door, those are both wins, right? And if you're much farther along in your journey, just kind of take time to look back on some of your favorite moments in your running journey and really look at all the freedom that you really have gained in your running journey. Because what I want all of us to understand is that there is good and bad in all things, in all situations. So it all depends on what you want to focus on. So if you are right now focusing on all the things that you haven't done yet or the goals that you haven't achieved or how long it's taking you to achieve these things, you're going to feel very negative. You're going to feel very stuck and trapped and limited and restricted. Whereas if you look at all of the wins, all of the progress that you've already made, you can already start to see some of the freedom that running has brought into your life already. Yeah. I mean, that. It- Everything in life has both sides to it. So being able to to choose. Life is 50-50. Right. And you get to focus which side you want to focus on, which side do you want to give more attention to. You could stare at the negative side or or you could look at all the positives going on, Mm -hmm. look at all the progress that you have made. If you keep 
taking into account and being grateful for all the progress, mm -hmm. you're going to start seeing more progress. If you keep looking at things that you haven't made yet, I bet you can start adding to that list just almost as easily and you're not going to get to a happy place that direction. Yeah. So keep looking at the things that you can be grateful for that you like, I've done this and this and this, look at mm -hmm. all of my accomplishments and it'll start the momentum going that direction. Exactly. So it makes me think, you know, when I think about this idea of focusing on what I want or what I've already accomplished, focusing on more of the positive things. It makes me think about training my dog. Okay. So we've got <laughs> a miniature poodle. She's adorable. Her name is Indy and she is two years old. And we got her when she was about 12 weeks old, right? 11. No. Yeah. We got, we got kind of got thrown, like we were supposed to get her at one point. It kind of got pushed back, but somewhere around that, around that range. And I decided I was going to train her myself. And so I bought a dog training program because I knew nothing about training a dog. And so I found a fantastic dog training program. Shout out to Baxter and Bella. So those of you that if you have puppies, go check out baxterandbella.com. I'm totally not being paid to say that. They're just a fantastic company <laughs> and really helped me learn how to train my dog. But they focus on positive reinforcement. So their big thing is don't tell the dog what not to do because they don't understand that, tell them what you want them to do instead. So if they are currently doing something that you don't want them to do, give them something else to do. Tell them the behavior that you want for them. So say, you know, someone comes and rings the doorbell and the dog starts barking. Instead of saying no or quiet, you, I'm going to tell them, go to place, right? Like we have a, a place where Indy's supposed to go when the door rings. And so she's supposed to go to her place. And at first, when that happens, when you're trying to teach her this, you tell her what to do and then you treat her, you give her that reward. So we're focusing and we're rewarding the behavior that we want. And so if we are as runners, like our minds, although we are much smarter than dogs, they still operate on similar principles. There are things that we can use like operant conditioning, classical conditioning, ways that we can reward ourselves to allow, to create habits, to create new habits and new associations, positive associations with certain things in our brain. So if we're looking at our running and we're constantly focusing on the negative we can understand why we're going to start feeling negative about our running. But if we, instead we look at all the positive things and all the ways that running has brought more freedom to our lives, that's going to be, you know, we're going to have a lot more positive feelings toward our running. Yeah. I mean, that works with so many people. I think yeah. it, it works very much with runners. You know, we, you say that we're certainly smarter than a dog, but many miles into a long training run, mm -hmm. I am right on the same level. Like, tell me what to do and then give me a gel and I will just, oh, and now tell me what else to do and give me another gel. And, yeah. you know, it's very, very similar. I don't <laughs> think it's it's all that different from the dog brain. Well, and this is just habit formation, yes. you know, like 101. Habit formation 101 is there's a cue, there's a behavior, and there's a reward. That's how you create a new habit. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we can see it very clearly with dog training, but it also works with us as humans. Yeah, but the negative also works. Like yes. if if you if you keep associating whatever the the repetitive pattern is mm -hmm. with negative thoughts, you're going to just keep bringing right. up those negative thoughts over and over again. Right. So look at your running and decide which what do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on all the negatives and where you aren't or do you want to focus on all the positives and how far you've come up to this point? Do you think, which one do you think is going to motivate you to actually get to where you want to go? Because a lot of times people think that, well, if I'm hard on myself, if I tell myself that I'm not good enough, then that will motivate me to do more. And they've actually done studies that and, and shown that that is not true, that more people are inclined to you know, continue forward, reach higher, do more when they are built up along the way, not when they are pushed down. Yeah. I mean, this kind of reflects how we coach our cross country team. Yeah. Like, at the, at the end of the race, whatever the times are that kids come across with, we always are trying to get them to tell us something positive that happened out of that. Sometimes the answer is they ran their fastest time for a 5k ever, yeah. but sometimes they didn't. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in, in their face that they are pretty down on themselves. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to turn that around. You just ask them, what do you, 
what do you want to remember about this race Mm -hmm. that you did really, really well? And they can come up with it. You know, they might have to push a little bit, but if you do it after every single race, you do it after workouts, you do it after an easy run, after a long run, whatever, it'll start the brain thinking, hey, what positive thing just occurred? Because running has positive aspects to it. Absolutely. I also like to think about running as giving us freedom to dream big, freedom to challenge ourselves and freedom to explore, freedom to explore on a couple of different levels. Like I like exploring like in, you know, practical terms, like okay. actually exploring on foot, like going to new places and really exploring new cities by running, you know, running around the new city and kind of just checking out different things. I think that that's a really fun way that we can explore just the world outside of ourselves. But I think that running also allows us the freedom to explore who we want to be and and what kind of a person we want to choose to be in this world because i think that a lot of times you know runners kind of limit themselves without even realizing it maybe they want to set a goal but they end up procrastinating and just not mm-hmm. setting that goal not choosing a race not you know really working towards something and not not to say that you have to race to be a runner because you obviously don't but someone that has this desire within them to do something with their running and they're just kind of not committing to a decision. Yes. They have this idea that they'd like to run a marathon or a half marathon. They even have a goal time, but they just keep putting off when they're going to actually start trying to directly chase that goal. Yeah. It seems like a good goal for a little bit later for down the road. Also, you're liking to explore new cities on foot. I I cannot get on board with that one. Why? I've heard so many people on different podcasts. They're like, oh yeah, a new city. And then I like to jog around the city. I hate stoplights. Oh, okay. I hate stoplights. Yeah. It's, honestly, it's why I like running so early in the morning because you get to a stoplight and there's no cars there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to just go across the street, just go across the street. Okay. Well, what about if it's not a city? What if it's a more suburban or like country type of area? Sure. Like more nature. Sure. Give me as long as it's safe. Country and, roads. Yeah. I could, I could work that. Yeah. Exploring new cities just sounds like the worst way to try a new city. It's like, <laughs> oh, one block at a time. It's just not, it's not me. Yeah. I just like to see different forms of nature also, you know, like, because here in Florida, we're so used to the beach and the heat and flatland. So when you go and the heat, (laughs) so like, I love running in California because Mm -hmm. the terrain is so different. The weather is so different. Like I love, you know, running in the Hills because down here we have none of that. So that to me is, there's that overpass and the other overpass (laughs) exploring on, but yeah, but a lot of times people kind of hold themselves back because they don't set a goal because they're not sure if they can achieve it. So we don't want to commit to it because I don't know if I really want to put it out there. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to achieve it. And that can lead to this feeling of like unsatisfaction and not feeling fulfilled because you never actually set a goal for yourself. You're never actually chasing something to see if you're able to accomplish that thing or kind of the flip side of that. People do set a goal And they end up chasing a goal that no longer matters to them, right? They just pick a goal to pick a goal so that they can just set like an arbitrary goal and it doesn't actually mean anything. And then they just feel like, well, now I've set this goal. So now I've committed to it. So now I have to continue down this path, even if I don't really want to do it. Right. And that goal may have meant something when they set it. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Sometimes people just set completely arbitrary goals, but sometimes you start with a goal that really does mean something to you, but Over time, it turns out that, you know, maybe you grew, you evolved. Maybe your life changed. Life changes. You just view running differently now. Mm -hmm. Like you found a different aspect of running that you like more. And that goal just doesn't, it it doesn't light the fire the same way that it used to. So at that point, why are you still trying to pursue that goal? You probably are actually kind of halfway between these two things. You've got this goal that's kind of like pulling you sort of, but you're also not even directly aiming towards that goal. So you've got this goal, but you're not working your way to it. That's a great way to feel unsatisfied and unfulfilled is there's a vague goal that you're not moving towards. Right. And I think it often leads people to feeling very restricted also. Oh yeah. Because if they don't really connect with that goal anymore, whether they did in the past or never did, you know, at all, if they feel like now I'm just stuck chasing this goal, I'm restricted to like this one thing only. Oh yeah. 
Like if you're, if your goal was like a half marathon time, Uh there's no point in trying to race for a really fast 5k because how is that fast 5k going to perfectly set you up for the Mm -hmm. half marathon? I just have to be so head down and driven half marathon only. Maybe I run four half marathons during the year, aiming for my best. Mm -hmm. It takes away the chance to go have like a family fun run turkey trot or like right. the jingle bell jog and i don't think they all seem to be holiday races for me apparently <laughs> but you know it takes some of that fun away or just you're out on vacation instead of just being able to explore the trails of wherever you went mm-hmm. to you're like no, no no i've got this plan that i've got to stick to because right. i've got the half marathon race coming up yeah like i have to do this tempo workout uh-huh. because this is on my race plan yes and that race plan ends up being very restrictive instead of giving you more freedom, which is what we're going to talk about in our next section. But what we want you guys to realize here, if if this is resonating with you, or if you know people that, you know, might fall into this category, there's a saying that my friends and I use <laughs> often. <laughs> and it's one of those sayings that can apply to a lot of different situations. And that is, it's just running. Yeah. It's just running. Like this is a hobby that you've chosen for yourself. (laughs) So you can change your mind anytime you want to. Like you don't have to be locked into one goal. If that thing no longer lights your fire, change it, right? Go pursue something else. None of this actually matters. And it all completely matters all at the same time. That's the weird paradox of all of this. Yeah, I mean, that's the, it's just running is a great line. But the second one, I love this line, is none of this really matters, but it's also incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a goal, it is super important. It's super important to you. Right. Really important, but really important to you. Mm -hmm. In the grand scheme of the world and expand it, the universe, you hitting a PR is not actually changing the universe all that much. So it really doesn't big picture matter, but to you and maybe to those people close to you, you know, we had our, our family connection episode last week. It might matter a lot to that group of people. So it is something that helps drive you, that helps push you forward, that helps try to extend you outside of your, your current boundaries that you're putting on, on yourself. Mm -hmm. So that does matter a heck of a lot. The very specifics of what that goal is and whether you do reach it or you don't reach it does not matter. Right. Striving towards the goal matters a whole heck of a lot more than achieving it. Yes. Having a goal matters. Striving toward the goal matters. The person that you become in pursuit of that goal matters. But the actual goal itself doesn't really matter because that number is different for every single person. You might have a race distance. You might have a race time. And it's completely arbitrary. You're the one that decided that that was your goal. And that is a beautiful thing. So we are not saying that it doesn't matter because it does to you. And that makes it very important. But whether or not you achieve that goal specifically doesn't actually matter because it is in the pursuit of that goal that you challenge yourself, that you dream bigger, that you explore what you're actually made of or who you want to be. You you get an insight to how you deal with adversity, how to become more resilient, how to pick yourself back up when things aren't going well. Like all of the lessons that we learn in our running journey, we learn in pursuit of a goal, not by actually achieving that goal. So whether or not you achieve that goal means nothing about you as a human, unless you want it to. Like if you decide this means that I'm this kind of person, Okay, fine. You get to make that choice, but it doesn't actually mean that. You're just the one that attached that meaning to that goal. And I would argue that it's not in achieving that thing that you become that kind of person or that kind of human. It is in the pursuit of that goal that you become that kind of person. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, there's a saying about like climbing a mountain. You spend most of your time on the side of the mountain and very, very little time at the actual top of the mountain. Yeah. So you really got to focus on the whole climbing the mountain thing, not Mm -hmm. standing at the peak. Right. Like it's great to have a goal, but you're doing a whole lot of steps Mm -hmm. up the side of this, you know, mountain essentially. And then maybe you make it to the top or maybe you don't, but most of the journey is spent on the side. Yeah. So that's really where your focus needs to be. Right. Because I think a lot of times, like if you've ever 
fallen into this trap or know anybody that has where they like you're nervous to set a goal because you're like, well, I don't know if I can actually do it. I don't know if I can actually achieve it. Who cares? Who cares if you set a goal and you don't achieve it? You do. That's it. You're the only person most likely that cares whether or not you achieve that goal. Your family, your friends might be there supporting you and they might want it for you. Yeah right? Because they know it's important to you. So they're on board with you, right? They're, they're supporting. Like if you, if you achieve it, they're there to celebrate you. If you don't achieve it, they're there to try to pick you back up, Mm -hmm. but they care about it because you care about it. So the only thing that you're actually worried about, if you really break this down is the judgment that you're going to place on yourself. You are going to judge yourself. If you don't achieve that goal, that's what you are worried about. Like if you find yourself not wanting to set a goal because you're not sure if you're going to achieve it. The only thing that's there is your judgment of yourself. If you really start to dig really deep and get down to the core of it. So if you understand that it's just running and that you can choose to judge yourself or to not judge yourself, however you would like, then running can give you the freedom to explore and set big goals and try new things and decide who you want to become in the process. And that's what training with intention will give you the freedom to do. When you understand that, when you put an intention behind it, when you set a goal for yourself, when you have a direction for your training, it allows you the freedom to like say, all right, this is where we're going. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah. And, and you can change your mind. Yes. And I mean, this is when you started this, you said that there were, we got to make sure I've got the, the wording on this, right? There's, there's goals that might, might not matter to you anymore. And this is, this is a number that it was a number goal that I put out there was running a marathon in two thirty seven and change. It's running a marathon at six minute per mile pace. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, like I was pushing myself towards that goal, but after really trying to figure out why and where that goal came from, I broke down all of these things that I had built up that I had raised this 237 as some sort of like, if I can run that, right? if I run it, then I actually have validated myself as actually a fast enough runner as actually good enough. Cause it goes back to like this experience I had in college where I didn't feel like I was fast enough on the college cross country team. And there was, there was a long run that we were on and coach said, you guys are on two thirty six pace for a marathon. And everybody else joked about it. Like, well, okay, coach, but we're training for an eight K and you know, to me, that stuck with me of when I was there, I was that fast. So if I could be that fast, if I could complete a marathon in that pace, then I'm, then I'm good enough, Mm -hmm. but I've given up that I need to hit that time to be good enough. And I've just accepted that I'm good enough. So I'm curious (laughs) what your thoughts are now, now that you've kind of broken this down and really examined this goal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on your marathon PR? Because what I want you guys to understand is that Kevin's marathon PR is only a minute slower than this. Like (laughs) it, it, he's run a two thirty eight, which is a six Oh two pace. Yeah. Right. Which in before was not good enough, right? Right. Like that was not your goal. You're like, that is not my goal. That's not what I was going for. So how do you feel about that now? Like that performance? I mean, obviously you didn't achieve that exact time. Right. I didn't achieve the the actual number, but I'm the longer I run, the less connected I am to the actual numbers on the clock. And it mm-hmm. took a long time to get there. And I don't know if I'm ever going to completely disconnect from the numbers on the clock. I don't like, think I you just, have to completely disconnect. I, I don't. Like, it's just keeping them in perspective. Right. Yeah. And you know, it was it was remarkably close. But if I look at it that way, I always think that it was close, but came up short. When I think about it of like, man, I really pushed myself. I really went really hard that day. I went out aggressive. I tried to stay up to the front. I pushed myself good pacing throughout. I wanted to walk and I just kept pushing and grinding. Like everything that should happen in a marathon, I'm getting exhausted. My legs feel like lead and I'm still dragging myself. I'm catching up to half marathoners and I'm like, okay, just pass this person now. And now pass this person. I had a finishing kick in that race, Mm -hmm. which I don't often have much of a finishing (laughs) kick. Like everything. Which race was that one? Was that Space Space Coast? Coast? Yeah. Had an actual finishing kick in it. Like there are things that didn't go correctly in that race. Correctly? 
ideally okay no literally correctly oh okay like there are things fueling wise that didn't go correctly because i i checked out the map and when all the like the gels and drinks and things oh oh, right i got to like where i was going to take my first gel and they didn't have them to pass out Mm -hmm. they gave me a cup of water and so it messed with my fueling right so that also then just messes with my head this was like you know i'm trying to figure out how to do this whole thing yeah and i that didn't have anything to do with it, but it does start you down a negative path. I mean, maybe it did. Sure. You know, there were the, the, the little bit of energy would have been helpful mm-hmm. or just knowing that I was staying on plan right. would have also been helpful. Right. Either of those. So was there a physical or a mental or both? Or both. Yeah. But either of those could have been enough to knock off two minutes. So does that mean that I, I'm at best a 238 marathoner? No, I could probably go faster, but I don't need to go faster anymore. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I literally, I needed to, like, if you ask me like, how, how much do you want this? I'm like, no, no, no I need to go another minute faster than mm-hmm. I've run before. Yeah. And so you have changed your goal yeah. over time into, I want to get faster into, I just want to keep running longer and challenge myself in that direction. Yes. So when, when you look at your one hot 100 mile goal now <laughs> right because i know that when we talked about this before and you know if you guys are curious about kevin's journey to 100 miles we did we've done like a couple podcasts about that when was that last year we were in 2023 now so he attempted his first 100 mile race in may of 2022 So you'd have to scroll back a while in our episodes, but there are some episodes that talk specifically about that and like kind of everything that happened surrounding that race. But spoiler alert, he didn't get to a hundred miles in that first attempt. And so when you think about it now, I know that, you know, at that time you had thought of it as, I don't know if I can actually do this. Right. And that was the intriguing part to you is, is actually putting myself out there, not knowing if I'm actually going to be able to do this thing. Right. Like I know so, that I can run 26 miles. I can yeah. get to the end of marathon. How fast is it, is the question? Mark. Right. But can I actually make it the, the complete distance of a hundred miles? Mm-hmm. That's a whole different, that was the question. That so was the unclear. What are your thoughts on that now? That it's still an unclear. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find most exciting. Yeah. I find that more exciting than how fast can I run a marathon right now? Like that right now is where I'm most intrigued. Yeah. So I think that that's really important because do you find a freedom in that? I find excitement in that. Okay. I don't know if freedom is the right word for it. But when you have a big goal like that, do you feel like it gives you the freedom to just like challenge yourself and try new things and like, let's just see how this goes? Yeah. Like I don't feel restrict. I don't feel held back by that goal Yeah. because the goal is almost so big that it's like, well, I mean, let's just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Like it's... I think that's why everybody needs to have this like, all right, here's what I think I could get. And if I followed a plan, I could probably get to this. Mm -hmm. There's like your reasonable goal. But I think having the big goal helps you release the need for this like step-by-step plan. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, the step-by-step plan, it's not perfect. It's not magic. Like there's not going to be like, you know, input ABC and get the output of of XYZ. Like that's not exactly how it works. So sometimes having this goal that's so big that you're just like, I don't know. I think that if I do these things, I can get close to the goal. Let's mm-hmm. give it a shot. That's where you get that excitement of let's let's get so excited about trying to strive for that goal mm-hmm. that the goal is cool. And if I get to the goal, awesome. And then I'll come up with some other crazy, ridiculous goal. But the goal so far out there mm-hmm. that just chasing it seems so exciting that it's just like, I think these things are going to work. I think this is my best way to go for it. And I mean, I've put in a whole lot of effort into trying to figure out what it is the best way to train for it. I think that you, as, as much as you were very supportive of me in this, I think from a Angie is my coach perspective, she might've been more satisfied that I didn't get to the finish line on attempt number one, because it's had to completely overhaul the way that I train. (laughs) Wow. I I don't think that that's necessarily true. At the time you were totally supportive and and super disappointed and like comforting and with me. And like, this is, you know, I was disappointed because you were disappointed. Like I wasn't disappointed in you. No, not disappointed. Yeah. Disappointed because I was disappointed for you. Yes. Yeah. Like like, I was sharing in your disappointment. Yes. But I honestly, I thought about this on my run today. I was like, I'm going to bring this up on the podcast. Oh, here we go. 
<laughs> I think, well, you know, I like putting people in uncomfortable situations. Of so course. let's and, do it. And, and, and it's not uncomfortable. I just think that part of you was sort of like, I not like, ha ha, I was right. Mm-hmm. But on some level, ha ha, I was right. You're not wrong. I know. You're not wrong. I know. I, I, it wasn't ha ha, but right, it was just kind of like, you, because we, we have a different support right, here. Right. Like, but if we are, if I'm being completely honest, like, yes, there was part of me that believed that you should have done different things in your training leading up to that point. Right. And so there was an element of like feeling justified, which again, did not diminish my desire for you to achieve that goal at all no not at all like like once i was, was like, okay once well it, we're going we for it in i was like all right let's go like we're all in what can we do at this point to you know help give you the best chance to achieve that goal right but it's it not like i been, was sabotaging you no god that would have been awful <laughs> i mean you could not have been more supportive yeah but it would have been very interesting if i had made it to that finish line if i would have changed my training plan the way that i have Hmm. Or would I have essentially been like, look, I made it. Now I just need to do a little bit more of this, mm-hmm. which is su- such a trap that we've talked about on so many podcasts is I did pretty well with this training plan. I just need yeah. to do a little bit more of this training plan instead yeah. of being of taking the like the brave jump of what if I did it differently? Yeah. Well, and that's really hard jump to do. Like that's a really hard leap to make for a lot of people. And I'll I'll be honest. Scary or freeing though. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But I will be honest with you. Part of me wished I was wrong. Right. Yeah. Like part of me. (laughs) (laughs) The part that had to climb into the car. So like, I'll tell you guys, like, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes that happens between Kevin and I, like Kevin helps coach Kevin coaches me and I coach him. We coach each other. And somehow we make that work, you know, with, with our marriage, thank God. And it's not, it's not an easy balance because there's, there are times that I'm like, can I speak to you as a coach, not as your wife. Right. And I think that that was the big differences. And we had multiple conversations about this leading up to that 100 mile race of there are times that I'm going to be coach. And then there are times that I'm going to be your wife. And and how do we know the difference and how do we navigate that, you know, so that both of us are on board on the same page, understanding that, and that's all about communication. And so there was like in the discussion of Kevin's training for that hundred mile, there was a big thing that, you know, about nutrition, about gaining weight, about gaining muscle that I thought he needed to focus more on more strength training, more weight gain to get him more fuel reserves to before he got to that starting line. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. That's not how he chose to to train. And that shows you that even if you've got a coach that is also your wife, you also Mm -hmm. get to make your own decisions. And that's what Kevin did, right? Like Kevin trained in the way that he thought was going to best serve him to to achieve this goal. And he and I happened to disagree on what that exactly looked like. Right. So then in the post race, we also slightly disagreed on why I didn't make it to the finish line. And I think we have months removed from it, accepted that both of us are right and neither of us are entirely right. That's true. I think that's what we've come up with. Yeah, we're both right. We're both right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Afterwards, I was like, oh, well, it it had to do with my hydration and my fueling strategy. And you're like, yeah, or you could have lifted some weights beforehand. And it's both. And that's the thing. It's both. It was entirely both. So, And it's what each of us chose to focus on. Yes. Like kind of going back to what we were talking about before. Exactly. Right? Where, do you, where do you want to put your focus? Because yeah. I would have seen that as my issue and then just doubled down on that, tried to fix more of the fueling and the hydrating strategy. Well, and I agreed that fueling was the issue. You just thought it was during the race fueling. And yeah. I also said it was your fueling in the months leading up to the race right. that you didn't put on enough weight, in my opinion, and and who knows, maybe that's wrong. You know, like maybe this time around, now that you're lifting weights, now that you're eating more, like, will you be the same weight on the starting line? Maybe we don't know. Right. I I think it's far less dependent on the number on the scale at the starting line and far more like overall fitness, like bringing a certain level of strength to the starting line is totally different. So there's, there's that, but I think we, we dove down that, that rabbit hole for quite a while, which is fantastic. You know, (laughs) and I think that like, I don't know, if there's a bunch of people out there that listen to the podcast that are 
thinking about ultra marathons. So maybe you can connect with one of my examples, which is my first half marathon. Like when I first saw Kevin run his first half marathon, that's what got me even remotely thinking that I wonder if I could do this. Right. And it was that big goal, being able to set that bigger goal for myself of, because at that time, you know, I had all these stories about the type of runner that I was and all these things, but setting that big goal for me of a half marathon, completing my first half marathon was a very freeing experience because it allowed me to break down some of my walls and some of the stories that I was telling myself about what I could or couldn't do. Yeah, And I think that that's one of the big things that setting that bigger goal will give you the freedom to do, to say, okay, well, if I'm going to set this goal, then I've got to actually do the things that are going to give me the best chance of achieving this goal. And that means that I'm going to have to, you know, actually say that I'm a runner, actually follow a training plan, actually, you know, have structure to my weeks and try to get faster, try to run longer, like try to do these things. And it really helped to break down my beliefs about myself as a runner and helped to break down my beliefs about what I could and couldn't do what I was and was not capable of. And if I hadn't gone on that journey, I don't know if I would be where I am today. And on going on that journey, it then opened up even more freedom to challenge my my thoughts, challenge my beliefs about myself being a slow runner, right? Like I had labeled myself as a slow runner for a long time. Okay, now I can do a half marathon, but how fast could I get, right? And so for me, it was can I break 24 minutes in a 5k? And I didn't know if I could do that. I was definitely not a hundred percent confident in my ability to do that. And, but I trained as if I was going to be able to, yep. and that's the key is believing that possibility of that outcome in training to give you the best shot to get there. And I'm happy to say that, that I did do that, but again, it wasn't in the achievement of that, that achieving that goal. Yes, it did. Like crossing the finish line of that half marathon, crossing the finish line of that 5k under my goal time, like gave me that like shot of like, heck yeah, I did that. Right. It's that extra shot of confidence. I did that. But even if I hadn't gotten that exact time, I probably would have kept working for it because I still had that goal. I still had that belief. And just because you don't get it that first time around doesn't mean it's not possible. Excellent. For those of you keeping track at, at keeping score at home, the, the examples Angie put in are her half marathon PR and breaking 24 minutes. And the examples that she put in for me are not running my marathon goal and not completing <laughs> my hundred mile race. Just for those of you keeping score at home, Angie did write the outline for this particular episode. Just in case we're curious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Okay. So what about a goal that you achieved that helped you? No, no, no. Let's move on to the next one because you discussed something that I think is super important oh my God, that's in, so funny. in training for your half marathon, in training to break 24 minutes. Yeah. You said, I've got to start doing the things that, that runners do, that a half marathon yeah. does, that someone that a fast runner would do. And part of that is following a dedicated training plan. Yeah. So you get all these runners out here that are like, okay, but if I follow a dedicated training plan, then I've got to, I'm, I'm trapped. I have to do this mm -hmm. plan. I feel so shackled to the plan, shackled to the plan, restricted by the plan. I can't just go out and do whatever I want to do. Like, what if I feel tired on this day? The plan says I still have to go out and run six miles. Right. Like so many people don't want to follow a plan because they feel the plan will hold them back because yeah. they feel restricted and shackled, if you will, by the, <laughs> by the plan itself. Right. And that's just not the point that it's just not how that works. Yeah. Cause they, they, instead of following the plan or having exactly everything planned out for them, they want to just go out and do whatever they want on any given day. And that leads to them not making the progress that they want, which actually makes them feel stuck and restricted. <laughs> so it's like this vicious cycle. It's like, Oh, I don't, I don't need a training plan. Or I don't want a training plan because that feels too restrictive. I want to be able to go out and do what I want to do, but then you're not making the progress that you want to make. So you feel stuck and restricted. And so 
round and round you go, right? And so what we want you guys to understand is that a plan actually gives you more freedom. Yeah, because a plan doesn't have to be, this is exactly what you need to do at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then this is what you're doing at 930. And like- It depends on what works for you. Very good point is your plan needs to have enough structure that- it that the structure actually gives you freedom. Mm -hmm. It has enough kind of constrictions to it, enough rules that you're following that you're like, oh, well, as long as I follow those rules over the course of the week, I can almost move things wherever I want. Mm -hmm. Like I like, it's just like matrix style. Yeah. Like there are certain rules that, that exist and there's other rules that can be bent and there's some rules that can be just completely ignored. Mm -hmm. But within some essentially framework, well, that's how training plans work. There has to be an overall framework right. that everything exists in. But then, you know, there's some rules that you can bend a little bit. And there's some rules that you can move and adjust some plans a little bit. There is no spoon. There is no spoon. Right? Because there is no hard, there are no hard and fast rules for what makes a perfect training plan. Okay? The perfect training plan for you is the one that makes you feel the most free, that gives you the most freedom to go out and actually see progress and actually work into your lifestyle into with your priorities and with what you want to achieve, because there is something so freeing about not having to figure it out every day, right? The, a plan can give you freedom of mind because you know exactly what you need to do every day. You don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to think about it. You just need to go out and execute. And there are so many there's so much freedom that comes from that. There's something, you know, there's so many different studies out there about how many decisions the average human makes per day. And it's somewhere between 6,000 and like 80,000, like the range of it's, like number of decisions that we make per day is so huge, right? I try and make as few as possible. We actually had this discussion this morning. <laughs> Angie makes all decisions as we're getting ready for school. She literally wakes up all the other humans in the house and then prepares food for the small people. I I do nothing. Like I get, you get my, yourself ready. I get my own food for lunch and <laughs> breakfast and kind of say hi to everybody else in the house. That's it. That's my, that's what I'm responsible for. Angie's responsible for every other thing that takes place. That's, and it becomes a lot, you know, but like a lot, that's why I've also created a structure for school lunches. Yes. This is actually a, a perfect example, right? I know that every day my kids get a main course. So that could either be, you know, maybe it's chicken nuggets one day. It used to be chicken nugget Friday, but it's Lent now. So we have chicken nuggets on Thursday now chicken because we don't, Thursday. we don't eat meat on Friday for the, the next six, six weeks. Um, you know, ham roll-ups like salami, they, they can have like a little charcuterie in there, but they have like a main item that's that's kind of the the main main event. And then they get a fruit and then they get a vegetable. And so I just have to like, okay, I have to just fulfill these three categories. Yep. And that makes it easier versus like, okay, I have to pack a lunch. What do we have? It's like, boom, 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 check, check, check. Yep. So creating that structure makes the lunch packing process much easier and many less decisions have to be made. I have to make a couple, but you have to make a couple, but you have a, you have a guideline. Yeah. Same thing happens with my particular training week. I actually don't have the, the laid out structure all week long of this is exactly what I'm doing on each day. Yeah. I know this is what I'm going to accomplish over the week. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm probably going to lift on Tuesday and Friday. And I don't, when I know that I'm lifting, I just follow exactly what the plan says. Mm -hmm. Like I follow Angie's lifting plan. I do this, 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 and this. I have it listed. This is exactly what I lifted last week. So this is what I'm going to lift this week. No thinking on that. Yeah. But like my, my speed workout is going to fall somewhere in the middle of the week, mm -hmm. depending on how other days go, depending on if I get enough sleep the night before it can kind of get moved around. Mm -hmm. And then what it is also kind of depends on how I'm feeling that particular day. Like, do I feel like my legs are going to get some good turnover? Then I'm going to push the higher end speed. Am I just dragging this week? Has it just been mentally a tough week? I'm going to try some workouts that are mentally easier for mm -hmm. me because I'm also kind of far removed from my next race also. So, so I have even greater freedom in that. Right. You have more freedom because you don't have that like very specific race right now that you're training for. Like you're in more of a base building mo mode right now. You're in a strength building. So it's important for you to still maintain certain mileage, certain speed, yeah. but that's not the focus of what you're doing right now. And it's more of that strength. So you're, you're very closely following your strength plan yes. because that is the focus. Yeah. So that's what you, fo you focus on executing. And so 
the beauty of this training plan or any training plan really is that you just figure it out once and then you just have to follow it yeah. and you can modify. And so Kevin likes his to be a little bit looser. I'm more structured with my training plan. I do an easy run on Mondays. I do a speed workout on Tuesdays. I lift on Wednesdays. I do a run on Thursdays. And depending on what I'm training for, like if it's a base building, it'll probably be just another easy run. If my legs are feeling really good and I want to throw in some extra speed that week, I can do that depending on what my training load looks like. Or if I'm training for a race, then I'll throw a second speed workout in that week. And then Friday is my rest day. Saturday is my long run and Sunday is a strength day. So I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know, you know, okay, what am I going to do today? Like I already know this is just my week. And that structure just gives me so much freedom because I don't have to think about it all the time. And that's why I love following a training plan. I just look at it. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing today, or this is what I'm doing tomorrow. Right. And then if something comes up because life comes up, this yeah. is the real life runners podcast stuff comes up. Having a, a more laid out plan for you actually gives you greater freedom to adjust. Yes. The more clear your plan is like, oh, well, I do this on Monday, I do this on Tuesday, I do this on Wednesday. Tuesday just exploded in my life. So I don't have a run on Tuesday anymore. I don't have a run. I don't have a time for a strength. There's like the kids are doing this, this and the other thing. And this one is sick. And I don't have Tuesday. Yeah. So now looking at my time, where am I going to move Tuesday to? Mm -hmm. I don't have to like now guess my whole week. It's like, okay, do I move Tuesday or do I just skip Tuesday? And then, you know, it gives you some options that you can work with. And mm -hmm. then you go from there. Like having right. the plan is you're set up to being able to make just one more decision. Do I move it? Do I skip it? Yeah, because you have guideposts. You yes. have guiding principles that allow you to make that decision and not feel bad about it, right? Like if you do decide, okay, this one, I'm just not going to be able to fit in based on what else is going on the rest of the week, then I just have to drop this. So you can let go of that judgment or of that guilt for skipping a workout and saying, okay, but I might miss this one, but I've got the rest of the week planned out. I'm, I'm good to go. I think that Following a plan also gives you the freedom of progress because you put in the work and then you get results. And those results are not always linear. Those, those <laughs> results are not a math equation, right? It's not like if I follow this plan to the T, this is exactly what's going to happen. I'm for sure 100% going to run that sub two hour half marathon. That's not what we mean. But if you're following a plan, you should be seeing results. And there's a lot of freedom in that, knowing that if I'm putting in the work, I am going to achieve a certain outcome. I'm, I'm actually going to see something. It might not be the exact result that I want. It might not be the exact timeline that I want, but I will still be moving in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know, this leads to a couple of, of good examples that you have put out here, which is another PR that I didn't get to. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> another good example Kevin, of like smokes me in all PRs. So, you know, it's fine. There's always that. <laughs> not, not if we tried to plank off against each other, oh, that well, would no. not even be close. No, I've got you on that. All right. So great example here is a school handbook. I have been part of trying to recreate the school handbook at my school. I think you brought this one up on behalf of the girls, but within the school handbook, I think it's over hundred pages. I think it's 146 pages long Yikes. because it provides very clear expectations. Mm -hmm. All of the scenarios that could be laid out, they're all there. These are the exact guidelines under this scenario. So there's no gray area. Yeah. There's no like, well, I wasn't quite sure. Oh, really? Because here on page 123, it says exactly what was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. It provides clarity and yeah. clarity will people are like, Oh, I feel super restricted from that. No, no, no. Clarity means you don't have to think about it. That provides a whole lot of that freedom of mind that we've mm -hmm. talked about here is it's very clear what it is that you are going to do or are not going to do. Yeah. And I think that there are the, we still maintain a freedom of choice, no matter what plan we have in place, no, no matter, you know, what expectations there are, we always maintain a freedom to choose. We always have the freedom to follow that plan or to not follow that plan. That is a given choice every single day. But if you decide, no, 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 this is what I want. Now here's the freedom, you know, that I just have to follow this. And then I know that I'm going to be not, I don't want to say doing the right thing, but 
on the right path in terms of like school handbook yes if if i would like to not get a detention i just follow the rules laid out in the handbook boom done if i want to aim in the direction of a race pr i'd like to run a farther distance here's the plan here's the path if i follow the steps i might not get exactly to the goal but i know that i'm going to make solid progress towards that goal yeah and the other thing i think about too when i think about how structure can provide freedom is like a clear job description. Like if you are going into a job and you know exactly what you're responsible responsible for and you have clear markers of success, that's going to be a lot easier for you to do your job and to have freedom within that job because you're like, okay, I know that I'm responsible for XYZ metrics. So how am I going to get to that? And it, it kind of gives you that freedom again to maybe explore a little bit depending on what you're doing, of course. Like if you're a factory worker on a, an assembly line. You, you Not a whole, not lot, of a whole ex- lot of exploration there. Yeah, like you're, you're responsible for that one thing, right? But I think that it can make our jobs a lot easier because you understand what you're supposed to do every day. So how would that job be if you didn't know what you were supposed to be doing every day? And I think that that's what makes entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so tough. A lot of people go into business and want to become an entrepreneur or start their own business because they think it's going to give them more freedom. And it does in a lot of ways, right? I have the freedom to choose what I do every single day. I have the freedom to help whoever I want to help. But the choices are so many, so broad. A lot of people feel very like stuck in overwhelm because it can be very overwhelming to try to just decide, okay, well, what kind of business am I going to start? Am I going to have a coffee shop? Am I going to start a coaching business? Like the possibilities are endless. And when possibilities are endless, though that seems like the definition of freedom, freedom. it can actually make you feel very stuck because you're not sure what direction to go. And you're not very satisfied. Like this is something that I just read the other day and I tried to figure out where, like whose Instagram I, I saw this off of. But it was talking about like job satisfaction. And they said one of the biggest keys to job satisfaction is employees knowing what is expected of them. Mm -hmm. Having a very clear job description is you're responsible for this, this, and this. And then not having managers just like hover over them and micromanage, just saying, these are your responsibilities. And then having the expectation that those responsibilities are going to get taken care of. And the opposite of it, having really vague boundaries of what like success at this job does leads to some of the greatest levels of job dissatisfaction, some of the, the greatest like burnout and and desire to quit the job. Yeah. But how do you think satisfaction links to freedom then? I think the more freedom you feel within your job, like I, there are restrictions I have within my job. Mm-hmm. Like there just are, like right. I have to be in the classroom. Like I can't just be like, yeah, you know what? For a third period today, I feel like coffee break. Like that's just not how it works. Yeah. There's going to be kids that show up. So there are certain rules that I have to follow. There's state standards. So we have to be able to cover certain material and stuff like that. Right. But Outside of like, here's overall what needs to get covered. No one tells me what needs to get covered on Tuesday of the third week of school. Yeah. Like I don't have that. No one's checking in on me on like a daily basis to make sure that I've, oh, have you given, have you given your first test of the semester? Mm -hmm. Have you given your second at this point? Like that's not where it's at. It's, you need to make sure that the kids learn this stuff go for it. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what I've got. And then I have a lot of support coming from the people around me, which is kind of the benefit of having a coach also is they kind of give you like a good path and then help support you when other issues come up. Yeah. So apparently our our wonderful dog here, if you guys can hear, I don't know if, because Zoom has a very good filter. Hopefully there's not getting a lot of squeaks. We we record on Zoom, our our podcast. So hopefully you guys aren't hearing all of the squeakiness, but of course our dog decided now's the time to play with this doggy toy. But anyway, I think it all kind of comes down to how you want to define freedom in your life. And you might think that freedom means having the choice to do whatever you want, whenever you want. And I mean, quite honestly, we all have that choice, right? Like we all can choose, like you could choose not to go to work tomorrow. That's true. Like you have that choice, but then the consequences of that choice would come after it. Like you would probably get fired, which means that you wouldn't get a paycheck, which means that that would affect, you know, our our family's finances. Like there are consequences of all of those choices. I'm not going to be able to pay raise entry fees. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to is I can't pay the raise entry fees. But you do have the freedom to make that choice. And I think that it's about how we look at freedom and how we 
find freedom in our life. And we think that running can help you with that freedom to give you the freedom to explore within yourself, the freedom to explore the world around you, the freedom to set big goals and challenge yourself. And that a plan can give you the freedom to go out and execute the freedom of mind that you don't have to think about it. The freedom knowing that you are doing something that is good for you. That's going to help give you the greatest chance to achieve your goal. And that's a really, really powerful thing. So I would love to know if you guys also believe that running gives you freedom. So head over to real life runners on Instagram and let me know what you guys think of this episode. And if you like this episode, please also leave us a review on Apple podcasts. That would mean the world to us. We we read every single review that you guys leave and those reviews help other people, newer people to find our podcast and helps us to grow and help more people. So if you haven't left us a review yet, please go ahead and do so. You can leave us a review on individual episodes. You can leave us a review on the podcast as a whole, whatever you would like to do there. So thank you for all of you that have left those recent reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And if you are interested in working with us further, I hold, I'm holding some coaching Q&A sessions over the next few weeks. So if you head over to our website, realliferunners.com, and you just scroll down the homepage, number three says, book a call with me. You can come on and book a discovery call with me to get on like a coaching Q&A session to get your questions answered if you're curious about what it would be like to work with a coach, how a coach might be able to help you. Come talk with me and I'd be happy to go over that with you. And as always, guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing this podcast with your friends. We really, really appreciate it. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 297. Now get out there and run your life.